You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, you are listening to the What's Up Next podcast. And today is a bonus episode that augments our previous episode on social change. After recording episode 26, the guests just stayed on. They wouldn't leave. So we ended up talking shop discussing worldviews, even the impact of traveling on your life, and a whole lot more. But I will warn you, this episode is explicit. This is uncut, raw, and we interrupt each other quite a bit, and we cuss a lot. So some of the words and jokes that are in this probably are not appropriate for children. If you don't mind mature content, you're going to love the natural flow of this episode. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy the bonus content. Welcome to What's Up Next, where your hosts, Paul David Thompson and Doc G, take the discussion on topics in the financial independence movement to the next level. Guest panelists share their opinion to questions that don't have clear answers to help you refine your path to financial independence. Welcome. This is Paul David Thompson from Ready Investor One. And this is Doc G from Diversify.com. So I've got a question for you, Christy. Uh, since you're immigrated into the U.S., or, I'm sorry, to Canada, Canada. Does, does your family use the dishwasher as a dishwasher or as a drying rack? <laughs> no, they don't even have, they've never had a dishwasher, no. ever. No. <laughs> but if they did, they would definitely use it as a dish rack. I'm pretty it's sure. a dish rack. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because you've got to tough it out, right? That's the immigrant way. That, that was the, uh, the takeaway. Is yeah, <laughs> that from uh, Fresh Off the Boat? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I love that show. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, no, I don't watch okay. that. It was actually from Ni nee and Paula Pant. Um, we had them on Friday for the, uh, the, the, the immigrant question. And that was, uh, Doc had a really cool question that we entered with was, you know you're a child of an immigrant when? And that's what both yes. of them filled in. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's so true. It's so yeah. true. That Did was Rocky, Rocky Lovani too, and his daughter. Yeah. That's Love true. It. They all, they both said uh, it was universal. They all said, "Yep, that's that's yeah. the, the calling card." <laughs> that is so true. Like my husband and I, we still wash our dishes even though we have a dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> Are you from Ghana? No, my family is actually from Haiti. His family's from Ghana. Oh, okay. Ha- have you guys read um, I Will Teach You to Be Rich by um, Ramit Sethi. Sethi? Yeah, so that chapter, the thing that stuck with me was none of the financial stuff, but the fact that he said, this is how immigrants eat chicken wings. Like, we do not <laughs> leave any meat behind. Like, we are licking the bone right to, like, the cartilage and everything. And I'm like, this is exactly true. If you look at my parents' chicken wings, Accurate. there will be nothing left. <laughs> Right? So Paul, when I see, Paul, my, when I see my friends eating chicken wings, I'm like, 
what the hell are you doing? Like, there's half the chicken left over. Get that shit up. Why what are you doing? Why is your bone broken? <laughs> I know. Why is your bone up broken? There's still marrow. Too. I know. Totally. <laughs> right. There's still marrow left in there. Actually, my son will suck the marrow out of bones. Oh, nice. God. Nice. Yeah. That's maybe it's his, uh, we're, my wife's Iranian, so I don't know uh, if that's really <laughs> I have never had a dishwasher. It's funny that you guys mentioned that. Like I've never had one. Well, my parents had one growing up, but like since I've been an adult, I've never had one. And I, it's actually one of those things I never want because I prefer to wash my own dishes. And I was actually with my family last night and my parents have a dishwasher and I'm washing the dishes and my mom's like, no, just hand that to me. And I'm like, nope. And I'm still there like scrubbing the dish and nothing. it literally could be dried and put away. And then she puts it in the dishwasher and I'm like, you do what you want to do, but it's clean. <laughs> it's therapeutic for you? Um, uh, you know, I think it's just one of those things like uh, that's my role at home. I wash the dishes and I don't like things to sit. I'm really sensitive to smells. And so it's like, I get it from the table and I just start washing all the dishes and then it's done. And then that's the easiest time to wash them is right then, right? Before it exactly. dries. Yeah. 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 Super glad, glad to hear about you guys and your books. Congrats. Yeah. Congratulations. What's the, what's, what's the writer five. Yeah, writer five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Renee, what's the, what's the children's book about? So the children's book is uh, called How Dr. V Came to Be, and that's basically how I became a doctor. Oh, so, okay. very cool. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many books about doctors and what doctors do, I was like, huh, is there a book about like how someone becomes a doctor and I really couldn't find one. So I was like, yeah, I guess I'll just write it. <laughs> so what age, awesome. is, what age are you supposed to be? Is it like a picture book, middle grade? Um, eight to 10. Eight to 10, okay. Mm, I have an eight and 11 year old, so I need to get this <laughs> yeah, book. There. Yeah, there you go. That's right around the time I think kids start to become really aware of just kind of, oh, what do I want to be when I grow up? So, uh, yeah. and who, it's who real, you- a real easy read. It's like Dr. Seuss style, so. Yeah. Who did you, uh, who did you publish with? Um, I'm publishing with uh, a company called Book Logics out uh-huh. in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting. You know how I said that that whole thing about like the financial independence community inspiring me? Like all of you guys, this is fantastic. I'm, I'm like, I'm ready to go like tackle the world right now. <laughs> when I read your post about your missionary work, I just like broke down and cried. I was like, wow, that is so amazing what she's doing. Like, I'm <laughs> so impressed. Kudos. Are you, are you going to Cambodia this year or is it, did you already go? No, I, we're not. I, I'm, I'm not going this year. It actually, they just left a couple days ago uh, because we have India. We leave for India in less than a month. Yeah, it, Cambodia wasn't in the cards this year, but I, I hope to be able to do some later on the year. Nothing set in stone, but it's it's funny that you mentioned my post. Writing about my volunteer work has actually been the hardest thing that I've done, and I spend months on those posts. And mm-hmm. it gets to the point that I'm like, I'm putting it out there. Like, I'm not, I'm not even really happy with it, but I'm just gonna sit and like stew on it and it's I don't know what it is I think it's like so personal and going back to that whole like negativity thing like I'm I I read and I like look into every single word and I'm like no I just need to get it out there not think about it and just be done with it otherwise I just like oh I I nitpick everything so I I appreciate hearing that you that you yeah. read it and liked it. And <laughs> Keep writing. Yeah. It's yeah. the really emotional deep one that really like get to people, right? Because you're really like, a lot of the times we write about finances, we don't really get down to the pain part of it, which I think people can really relate with, relate to and see like other people struggle and what that is, right? Like 
yeah. we felt the same way when we went to Cambodia. It was just, I couldn't believe what they had to live through. It was, it was just incredible. But it really what, changes your perspective on life. But that's what we talk right. about when we talk about like writing with authenticity because when, you, when people feel you drop that wall, yeah. they know that it was really tough that's for real. you to, mm-hmm. like there's a, there's, a, there's a saying in the writing industry where uh, if you want to make a bestseller, you need to bleed onto the page. And what that kind of means is that you kind of put a part of yourself that is uh, bloody and painful and you just kind of thunk, lay it out for them, for people to see. And then people kind of go, wow, that shit is real. And, and it's relatability. And, and it's yeah. relatable and it makes people kind of go, these people aren't like living a fairy tale. And it's um, not just about money. And it's not just right? about being, and oftentimes about they being can, human. And then oftentimes they, people can, 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 can relate to something in that human experience with them. And then that's when you, they feel like you touch them in some way. Mm-hmm. Right? We get that reaction, not when we're talking about spreadsheets, but when, for example, Chrissy talks about her poverty. Like, you know, she grew up, you know, she grew up in rural China in like abject poverty, being around the medical waste heaps, living on 44 cents a day. That's what people relate to, not so much the mm-hmm. here's how to build a 401k about it. So, but on the other hand, it's very painful to, to write about. But that's that's kind of the price of admission of actually getting mm-hmm. that, like actually creating that product for people. But when people do that, they feel it. They feel that they, they oh, know yeah. you. Totally felt that. Yep. Okay. Good. 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 It's good. It's good to know. <laughs> I gotta read that post. You might you might inspire like me to read. <laughs> yeah. I just read the post in preparation. Anyway, so. Well, I have I have another I have a part two coming out for my Cam- Cambodia work, and that one is going to be the hard one because that I'm actually going to talk about more of the history and talk oh. about some of the stories of the people that lived through it and like some of the experience that we had. Like I'm getting teared up as wow. I'm like trying to talk about it. So that one haven't started writing. I'm formulating it in my head, but that one's going to be that one's going to be Better rougher. Better. I will get the box of tissues ready. (laughs) Bring it. Please. Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm going to have like titles over everything. Like do not read this. If you like, don't want to like trigger alert. alert. (laughs) Exactly. It's going to be a rough one. Yeah. I think the only two places, uh, the only two cities I had that reaction talking about it is Cambodia and Auschwitz. Those were the, probably the only two where I was just kind of like, all right, this is going to be a rough one to write, but it's got it. I got to do it. I got to do it. Right. And so that, those are the only two places where I kind of went, Oh my God, these people have gone through so much. Yeah. 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 And like going and trying to help people while they are, uh, yeah, I I won't get into it, but it's like, we're trying to help. And these people like lived through and went through all of this. And it's like, what can we do? What can we do now? Like, I, I don't even know. That was such, that was such a mind fuck for me that I was like, I, I want to help and I do not even know how to help in this instance. So, yeah. yeah. And they're just so appreciative, you know, of whatever you come to do. And that's, you know, when I encounter things like, you know, patients wanting to leave the hospital because, you know, it's my birthday and I don't want to be here. And you're just like, really? Like, Really? Like you have, you live in a country where you can go to the emergency room because you sneezed and nobody will send you home. They will do a full evaluation on you to just make sure that you are okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, other people are living in squalor and filth and, oh my goodness. So it's just, it's a relief to go to a place where people are very appreciative and that's why yeah. you, you know, you just want to do whatever you can, whether it's your skill set or not. You're just like, you know what? I don't care. I will do whatever you need me to do. 
So I, this, this is one of the stories that stands out to me. I, so I drive, I see all my clients in their houses right now and I drive to them all throughout Los Angeles. I drive every day, all day. I go from place to place to place and yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I constantly show up and they're not there. They cancel on me as I'm driving there, whatever. And I was in Peru And one of the clients that I saw when I was in Peru drove, not drove, they made it. However, they got there. I think part of it was on cart. Part of it might have been by bus. Part of it was walking. They left their their village at two o'clock in the morning. They went eight hours to get to me for a 10 o'clock appointment. They arrived on time, even a little bit before. They were there for my hour appointment. And then they turned (laughs) around and they did the eight hour trek back. God. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And I know some of the doctors that were at the hospital, they were saying they had patients travel over 36 hours mm-hmm. to, get to, to get to them to get the procedural, procedures that they needed. Yeah. Wow. Same here. I've had that experience as well. Yeah. 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 That's how, that's how you really appreciate things. That's how yeah. the rest of the world is. And, yeah. uh, you know, every so often I kind of, it's really fine not to pick in California, but uh, I'm going to pick in California. <laughs> do it. Do it. But because uh, we do so many reader cases and they're from like all over the place and international sometimes. And yeah. uh, you get that perspective um, when you see how many, how, you, you, when you see like dozens and dozens, dozens of people's balance sheets and see how people live. And then people come right in from like a place like California or New York and they go, I'm spending $120,000 a year. There's not a single thing I can cut. And I'm looking at their thing and I'm like, dog psychologist, soul cycle. What the fuck is any of this kind of stuff? I've literally never heard of that. I can cut it. And she's like, oh, I can't live without that. And I was like, this literally only exists. I only found out that this exists like right now. So the perspective can be really, and that's why I encourage people, I keep encouraging people to get out there and see how the rest of the world lives yeah. because mm-hmm. if you spent all of your life in San Francisco or Lake Tahoe, you're probably in a bubble. Yeah. You're sheltered. Yeah. Yeah. Filtered. You're absolutely filtered. Yeah. yeah, they need to go to Cambodia, see what it's like to actually suffer. See what those people have to live through. And how they can be happy even with yeah. when they have almost That's the really shocking thing, right? Like People have lived through that. They're still optimistic about life. It's, the people, it's amazing. The people, the young people in Vietnam, the young people in Cambodia, like there are a few people out there that are more optimistic and, and, and happier in the, and more optimistic about the future because they're, from their perspective, I was like, they have nothing. And, and then they're just kind of like, everything's great. Why? No one's shooting at me yeah, right now. Exactly. Yeah. Right, that's, right, that's, right that's, now. Yeah, no right now. Trying to kill me. Like the people, the, the youngest generation in Vietnam, this is the first generation they've had in which they have not seen a war. So they are like sky's the limit, right? Yeah. But like you, like, uh, so the perspective on that thing is really, really, really different. And it really kind of makes you kind of go just, you know. I don't have any problems. I don't have any problems. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that, that, it begs a simple question, right? Because this all comes back to the old hedonic treadmill. Yeah. Like the problem is you become so used to what your norm is. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see it as privilege. It's hard to see it as different. So how do we, especially in this community, because we're lucky, right? We get to this point, maybe through hard work, maybe through knowledge, maybe through skill, maybe through Akunos. We get to this point where we have so much, but how do you keep that viewpoint of the novice? Like, how do you see the world the way a poor person in Cambodia would so that you can be grateful and yet still live this high quality of life we live? It's hard. I think, you know, you you have to just 
drop everybody into a, into a, you know, third world country at some point and say, you know what, you have to stay here for a month and just figure it out for yourself. I mean, I think that's really the only way, you know, I, I, I talk, I've talked a lot about cultural competency and I know that there are lots of curricula out there that's written on cultural competency and things like that. But in my honest opinion, I don't think that any curriculum on cultural competency can at all capture or replace the experience that people actually need in order to understand other cultures. Like you have to be around it. Otherwise, your cultural competency curriculum ends up being a bunch of stereotypes. And that's pretty much it. It's like, well, you know, Chinese people do this or, you know, Cambodian people do that or, you know, Ghanaian people do it like this and Haitian people do it like that. It's like, (laughs) there's more to it. There's so much more to it. This episode is brought to you by Range Rover Sport. Range Rover Sport leads by example. With a visceral, uncompromising, and dramatic feel, this car helps you rise to the occasion. How does it do that? Range Rover Sport has powerful on-road performance and commanding all-terrain capability by combining assertiveness with signature Range Rover refinement. This is the car that redefines sporting luxury. The new Range Rover Sport features advanced cabin technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, purposeful cockpit-like driving position, and award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment is at the heart of the experience and provides intuitive control of the vehicle systems. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. Once again, explore and build your Range Rover Sport at L-A-N-D-R-O-V-E-R. USA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. And I think the big thing too is getting outside, even if you are going to another country, getting outside the tourist areas because those are still built for tourists and they have McDonald's and Starbucks and they have all of the comforts from home and everything is geared towards making people feel comfortable. And it's almost like you have to get out into the areas where you are the only tourist and people are not used to seeing you around. And you, I, I, like, I remember walking to uh, when I was in Peru and I was walking and I was in an area, no tourists whatsoever. And I'm walking to work one day and I'm just like, I'm with, I'm with the locals. Like everyone here is going to work. They're going to support their family. They're going to church, like whatever it is that they're doing. And yeah, but like, you're not going to get that real flair if you're in those tourist hubs, because there's, there is culture, but it's not the same. Like you got to immerse yourself in what the locals are doing and how they live, what they're eating, what they're wearing, all of that type of stuff to really get that exposure. Mm-hmm. How they I form think, a line, yeah. even. Uh, very <laughs> lack, lack oh, thereof. oh, God, <laughs> don't get me started on that. Like <laughs> <laughs> totally different. Yes. I, I think another thing travel does for you is like it makes you realize your own insignificance. Like you go to another country and you get out of that bubble and you're like, my problems at work, no one else. Like people in Cambodia, they don't give a shit about my problems at work, right? And then especially like if you're from America, it's like other people are not talking about America all the time. They're not even thinking about America. Mm -hmm. And then when you actually go there, you're like, I am just this tiny dot in this, 
you know, millions of people and they all have their own lives and they all have their own skills and who the hell am I? It really makes you seem insignificant, you know, in, in terms of the world. But it's also inspiring. I mean, like a, a lot, a big part of um, the whole FI stuff, part of it is make more money, but the other big part of it is uh, spend less. And it's really hard when, you know, there's that saying that you're always the average of the five people that you are, that you're with. And if you live in a high cost area and all of your friends are spending money on whatever the hell soul cycle is, uh, <laughs> that seems. The norm. Yeah. I'm surprised seems, you know what that is. I, I, still, I still don't know. Inadvertently. You know. I still don't actually know what it is. I, it has to do with something with cycling. That's all I know. Um, <laughs> But when you but when you go out and you start uh, you know like when when we were in like Estonia and the guy was uh, and, and you know the guy the, the story guy was telling me about like let me tell you about the the uh, the, the horrible life of Estonians or something like that and and the, the cost of living in Estonia is so low that it's like and he was being sarcastic but it was just like the, he, he, his his apartment was like two hundred and fifty three hundred euros. Right. And he was happy. And it just kind of like and, and then when you and then when you do, when you see people live like that and be happy, then you start to realize, oh, maybe I don't need all these other things to be happy. Maybe I can just be more like more like them. And you start living like them. And then that actually helps you on your FI on your FI journey. I didn't didn't realize that. So when I first started, when we first left, I decided I want to do like a trip around the world. You know, so the traditional FI numbers, forty thousand dollars living expenses, a million dollar portfolio. And I said, OK, that's how much it costs to live in in where we were in Toronto. But let's take a trip around the world. I had some extra money saved up and I had budgeted like $125,000 for like a trip around the world. I, did, I had no idea how much these things would cost. Mm -hmm. And then we did that and we traveled all around the world and we, for a year, we came back to Toronto at the end of the year and then we added up everything that we had, that we had spent and we realized it was $40,000. And then we're just kind of like, huh, <laughs> it costs way less to live in any other country in the world, aside from, or any other place except for North America. North like America, we, yeah. yeah. We were in Thailand. It was like our, our cost of living dropped in half while we, were, while we were living on a beach and eating Pad Thai like every day. Like we were eating out every single day and our cost mm -hmm. dropped in half. And then that's kind of when the light bulb clicked on my head. It's like, oh, other people don't live on nearly as much as North Americans do. And then right. the wheels started turning even more. And it was like, so if I lived like that, if I sat on a beach in Thailand, I would actually drop my costs and I would actually make more money. <laughs> and that's when the wheels started turning. I was like, so this means we can travel forever, right? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and then she kind of went, no. And then we were like, oh, yeah, I guess we can. Then we just bought a ticket for Then we bought a plane ticket to Japan. And then we just have never, we've just been moving ever since. And uh, so it's like you really open up, like for us, you, there's that cliche, travel opens up your uh, horizons. It really opened up our horizons because we realized that you don't have to, saving money does not mean you have to scrimp. It's, it, you can, it, 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 it can literally just mean spend more time in a low-cost country. With, and, and if you do that, then you can actually increase your quality of life while decreasing your spending. And those are the kind of trade-offs that I didn't even know were possible. Because I'm an engineer. It's, it's always like higher cost, higher quality. You know, that kind of trade-off mm. is always there. The, like traveling kind of went up higher quality, lower cost, which didn't make any sense to me. But it's true. So, yeah. I too. think it's also not the just the financial part, but the actual like belongings part is yeah. that when you're traveling, unless you want to be traveling with 15 suitcases or whatever, like yeah. a Sherpa bringing all your stuff, <laughs> like you're traveling with a suitcase and the clothes on your back and you just go and you realize you have two shirts, two pairs of pants and you can make that last a month 
six months mm-hmm. a yep. year. It makes you become a minimalist. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. This is why we don't need condo Mari or Mari condo because we're just like just get two backpacks and go traveling. Then you don't need you don't need Mari condo. Just if you can fit into the math backpack, you're going. Otherwise, it's not no red bottoms. Yeah. You know, the thing is like does this does this item spark joy? It's like no, it doesn't fit in the fucking backpack. <laughs> Do I have to pay for checking in my luggage? No. Okay, it's going in there. Yes. Unless you want to wear it all on the plane and you're sitting right. there. 15 layers. Of but I didn't have to pay for my bag, guys. Yeah, that's not, somebody did that and they got like a heat stroke on the plane. They were like, <laughs> <laughs> so doc and i were just texting here and said um the the original uh, um episode that we did we're just going to scrap and whatever y'all have been saying along that <laughs> that's, that's, oh, that's shit. who have by who have you been talking shit about yeah, damn yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so okay what we're gonna do is start another podcast and like is like the uh, call, what's up guys and that's the one is where you can cuss and you can say i have to go back and bleep everything y'all have been saying all along <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to make another one that's explicit and we can just say whatever the hell we want. <laughs> the red band version, right? Yeah. yeah. In fact, you'll just bleep out all the non-swear words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say anything nice. Like you can't say crap. Like crap bleeped out because that's not bad enough. Right. I don't, yeah, it, it, there's like, I mean, like, were we agreeing with each other too much on the actual podcast? Because we all, because we all kind of like think the same thing on like about the questions. So we all kind of like, yeah, okay, yeah, and then we agree. It's like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Like, is that a little bit like? Like here, it's more a little bit more back and forth because it's a little bit more structured, which is what made more. Which is what's right. I think. Well, who can disagree with you? Should do something to for charity. I mean, yeah, that's right. you can't say no. Nah, you really should. Well, unless do you're that. a libertarian. No, I'm just gonna be a lazy, selfish <laughs> ass. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I, everyone else. I have to admit, so it depends what the topic is. So some topics we are very thoughtful about people with different viewpoints and others not so much. And it really just depends on what we think the arc of the topic is going to be. So I didn't hear a lot of conversations about social mission, public conversations. So a lot of private ones at Camp Fies and at FinCon, mm-hmm. but I, I just wanted to hear a much more public conversation That's about cool. social mission and, and, and not just, I opened up a donor advice fund. Um, <laughs> Because we've heard that one before and there's nothing wrong. I mean, hey, I have a donor advice fund. It's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But I just wanted to delve a little bit deeper. And that's why that's why it doesn't surprise me there's a lot of agreement. Um, okay. But I still think it's an interesting conversation that's not not front and center all the time. Well, it's inspirational, right? I mean, it's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the whole point of it. So uh, there was something that I was going to mention during the episode, but I'll say it now. And if you want to include it, great. I, I'm curious what everyone's take on this is, but in my experience, and then a couple other people that have done similar things, um, other bloggers that have written about it, there there is a common thread that when you do, when you post about volunteering or social missions, something giving back, uh, there's actually a decrease in viewership, in engagement within the FIRE community. Everybody wants stuff about money. That's a very interesting thing <laughs> i wouldn't have, i didn't know that but that it stands to reason if people are trying to become financially independent it's it, you got to fill your cup up first before you can go fill somebody else's cup and uh, we were talking to about the 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 black community and one of the uh julian from rich regular said that he talked to leader from the black community andrew that, young yeah andrew young yeah yeah no no joke um and he said that you need to, as a black person, that you need to fill your cup up once and then go back and fill it up again. again. Right. 
<laughs> because of the black tax. Mm-hmm. Black tax? I didn't wow. know what it was either. So well, I didn't, I you got to tune that. in. I'm not going to tell you. You, you, you got to tune in. <laughs> tune in because there yeah. is black tax. Yeah. All right. What we've tried to do with the volunteering thing is like sometimes we like sneak it into a post. Like my post will be about things that you do after FIRF, like how to find your purpose after FIRF, like something that is related. It seems like it's related fire, but then I'll talk about volunteering within it. Mm -hmm. So then that seems to be like people are willing to accept it more because you're kind of sneaking the medication within the like your vegetables. (laughs) Putting it in the applesauce. applesauce. Yeah, exactly. So then they're like, oh, okay, well, this is actually about fire. So it's kind of like, I think people have to be eased into it because they might be on different levels, right? Like Paul said, there's different levels in their journey to FI. They may not be ready for that yet. They're just thinking about their 401ks. But then once they get to that enough point, then they're like, okay, yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, I mean the the other. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bryce. Yeah, I've noticed. I haven't noticed that exact effect with um, the volunteering stuff, but I have noticed it. You know, as we were starting off on on our on our journey, that the like traffic numbers spike when you talk about them and the issues that they care about the readers care about and then traffic tends to drop when you talk about yourself and the, and the issues that you, they, that you care about yourself so uh, I think that's kind of that kind of might be might be the, the effect yeah you know yeah. that does make I, sense. I was, Go I ahead, was also gonna say that um, perhaps the other thing is that and, and I don't know how much of a percentage this would be but there may be people who already have kind of they already know what their volunteering or their social mission is and so it's like well I know what my social mission is so I don't necessarily need to read about yours because right. I have my own and so mm-hmm. you know I come to your blog mainly for financial advice um, but when it comes to social mission I'm good right. or there are dedicated sites about just that and there's so many different types of missions that you could have. Right. You almost need to find an audience just for that one mission versus exactly. fire. And then, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah exactly. Hmm. Not, well, you know, not that it matters, but my comment of like <laughs> the decreased readership or whatnot, I just thought it was really interesting, interesting that it that. continues to happen. And I'm like, that's fascinating. It's something but you got to take into consideration. Right? Yeah. Right. right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. If you monetize or not, and you know what, does does anyone want to take the chance to swear here now that (laughs) (laughs) want to add in any expletives? I didn't swear yet. (laughs) (laughs) Just yell the the effort at the top of your lungs. Yeah, great. (laughs) We're just gonna go Joel Rogan style, and just whatever comes out comes out. All right, I love it. Or Gary B. Oh yeah. See, I told you that'd be a lot of fun. If you would like to participate in a similar style of uncut, raw conversations that Doc and I are going to be having, we are going to be going live. And we're inviting you to join us so that you can be a part of the conversation and get a peek behind the podcasting curtain. Also, you'll get to actually see Doc G's face in living color. He's creating a special window to let you, the podcast listener, get to see the visage behind the moniker that is Doc G. To get announcements on when we're going live, join the Facebook group, What's Up Next? So right now, go to Facebook, join the Facebook group, and you will get announcements on how to tune in when we go live. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap. Tech moves fast. So keep pace with the Daily Crunch podcast from TechCrunch. With new episodes every day, this podcast will give you a quick overview on everything you need and should know about startups 
new tech, regulations, and more. Listen to TechCrunch Daily Crunch now, wherever you get your podcasts. That's TechCrunch Daily Crunch, wherever you get your podcasts. It feels really good to be productive, but a lot of the time it's easier said than done, especially when you need to make time to learn about productivity so you can actually, you know, be productive. But you can start your morning off right and be ready to get stuff done in just a few minutes with the Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day podcast. New episodes drop every weekday, so listen and subscribe to Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts. That's Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts.